0: It is so good to be here and to see all the changes. It's been a lockdown ago since I was last with you guys, I think. Um, Isn't it strange, hey? Two years of our lives. Um, If lockdown was a book, the author would be Stephen King, I think. Um, It was... (laughs) It was crazy, wasn't it? But yet it was good. I mean, we've learned so much. And uh, I'm I'm just excited that we're beginning to get things back to normal. Uh, Normal? I should not have used that word. Um, We are making progress. Let's put it that way. It is a huge honor for me to be here. And uh, I always feel uh, slightly humbled when I hear kind words like, what Sujith says. hes Sujith and Reshmi are friends, and that's why I'm here, um, because we want to stand with friends when they need us. And, and Sujith is a man of God, and I, even in his absence, just want to honor him. And I trust that everyone here has a, a full appreciation of the greatness of uh, the, the couple that you have shepherding your church. Um, they, they are incredible. Um, so come on, just let's give them a, a hand. I, I know they're not here with us. But. <clears throat> Father, we, we want to just pray for, for Sujith and Reshmi and, and their family this weekend as they just kind of gather together and, and uh, enjoy the company of the extended family. Uh, We pray for them. We pray that your blessing would be on their time together and that you would give them a sense of hope. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm uh, excited to share the Word of God with you. If you can click play. Um, What do we have as our first slide? Are we coming up? There we go. He carries and he cares. Is there any way to get that onto the back screen as well? If that's at all possible. He carries and he cares. Oh, and I'm clicking. And I might need you to go through. There we go. Recognize that? Slightly older, um, you know, I, I've had so many surprises coming in to the UK. As you can tell by my accent, I am not here. I, I wasn't born here. Um, although, with a surname like Barnard, right up in County Durham, there's a, there's a, a, a town called Barnard Castle. Um, I went there on one of my first visits to the country. I went up to Barnard Castle, and they made me pay at the hotel. You know, come on. Um, But one of the many surprises that I had was I learned that Mother's Day is somewhat different. Uh, Here, people were calling it Mothering Sunday, and I was like, What? Did all the mums have a great time last weekend? I came over and I thought, "Eh." but it's not supposed to be Mother's Day now, because it's only the fourth Sunday of Lent. Um, And then the people in our church, they were calling it Mothering Sunday. We go a-mothering. I just thought initially that was a bit of a posh way of saying Mother's Day. But then I began to research. And that's why I'm preaching this today and not last week, because it's actually not Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day is an American invention. (laughs) Mothering Sunday happened on the fourth Sunday of Lent when everyone who had spread out and they were working in different counties and all the rest, on the fourth Sunday of Lent, they would all come back to the church where they were baptized. Their mother church. And so you would go a-mothering. That kind of interested me because... Uh, Sujith mentioned I'm doing research, and and I'm researching the topic of baptism. And so now this was all about baptism. (laughs) So it got me excited. Um, And if for some weird reason you and I were able to get into a TARDIS and to go back in time with some of our current technology, like a drone, and and we were to go back a, a number of hundred years or so, and we were to... Have a, get some drone footage above Bury St. Edmund's, we would see hundreds of people walking on horseback, perhaps on a, a donkey, or on a cart or whatever, but making their way across the fields, coming back to their mother church. Amazing, isn't it? It, it would have been great to see this traffic, this flow of people coming towards the church but that was very different from what happened on that very first easter people were not coming towards the cross they were running away they were moving away from where jesus was it was a shrinking back not a coming whoopsie not a coming towards in matthew Chapter 27, verse 55, it says, many women were there at the cross of Jesus. Many women were there watching from a distance. They didn't want to be associated. They'd followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs, but we're at a distance. But John, John said this, near the cross. So so immediately we get this picture. There's some people that are hanging back. Others are near. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her
1: into his home. My question is, if there are these two groups, a handful standing right up at the cross, and another group watching from a distance which group would you be in
0: to to just kind of make sense of the different people that were up close i've put them in different colors here we've got jesus mother whose name was mary yeah his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And then there's also the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, I I want us to look at these four individuals. Um, We're heading towards Easter. We've got, wow, two weeks left. (laughs) Um, And... It is a great story. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I've been studying the, the sayings that Jesus said from the cross. And uh, this is, is one of the great ones. Woman, here is your son, and here is your mother. Um, but who were these four people? Uh, there needs to be some kind of differentiation because a number of them actually had the same name, Mary. Mary. Uh, Quite a, a common name. But if we have a look at the parallel passages, we can kind of get a clearer picture, a much better understanding of who these people were. So in red, I've put down the mother of Jesus. So in John, as we've just read, he refers to Mary as the mother of Jesus, his mother. In Mark, it says, Mary, the mother of James the Younger. And of Joseph. Jesus had other siblings. Uh, We are not from the church that doesn't believe that Mary had other children. The Bible says she did. So Mary was the mother of James the younger and of Joseph. And then Matthew says Mary was the mother of James and Joseph. Okay, so we've got the red sorted out. Then I guess the orangey-yellow color... Um, that's also easy because that's just Mary Magdalene. Uh, she was well-known. She did not need any other description. Mary Magdalene. So we know Mary Magdalene. Then we've got Mary, the wife of Clopas, only mentioned by John. The other gospel writers did not mention her. That doesn't mean she wasn't there. It just means they never thought it necessary to put it down. But you've got Mary, the wife of Clopas. And then in the – I need help from the ladies. Men men don't understand colors. <laughs> um, w- w- what color would that be, Fallon? The the pinky, purpley – is it lilac? Okay, lilac. There we go. Um Mary, the wife of, uh, sorry, his mother's sister, and then Mark says, Salome, and Matthew says, the mother of Zebedee's sons. Interesting. Mary's sister, whose name was Salome, who was the mother of um, Zebedee's sons. Zebedee, His two boys were
1: James and John. John, the apostle who Jesus
0: loved. His mother, John's mother, was Jesus' mother's sister. James and John were cousins of Jesus. I know John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus because... His mother was Elizabeth. Here we have evidence that Salome was Mary's sister, the mother of James and John, the sons of thunder. (laughs) Um, Interesting. If we think about Salome and the fact that she was right there at the cross, this is It's quite astounding because there was a time where Jesus rebuked her. You see, she came along to Jesus. Let's just read this account in Matthew chapter 20. It says, The mother of James and John, now we know that's Salome, uh, the wife of Zebedee. So the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, comes to Jesus with her sons, James and John. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons, your cousins, let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right, the other one on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, not to her mother, to their mother, to them, to James and John, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that that I'm about to drink? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Now, we might not pick this up just by reading the words, but this was actually quite a harsh rebuke. I mean, here is Jesus' aunt coming to him, asking for a a favor.
1: And he says, no. Rebuked by your nephew. And yet,
0: (laughs) she doesn't hold a grudge. When everyone else is standing at a distance, She's gotten over her issues and she's right up close at the cross. This tells me a whole lot about Salome and it also tells me a lot about Jesus. It tells me that Salome did not hold onto a grudge. It tells me that Jesus was so loving and full of grace that he was able to he was able to rebuke someone with such love that they didn't take offense.
1: That's a challenge. How
0: about you? You're in church. I'm, I'm preaching, in a sense, to, to the converted, the ones that have come close. <laughs> um, but, but how many people do you know that will not go to a church Because they were offended by something, they are the ones who are standing at a distance. And yeah, you know, believe in Jesus, but those Christians—people have been hurt—and here's here's the truth. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm perfect.
1: And people can take offense. But here's the thing, offense <laughs> offence is not given, it's received. If you've been
0: hurt... It could be by a church le- from a church leader. It could be just someone in the church. It could be that you're upset with God himself because he hasn't done what you
1: wanted him to do. Can I encourage you today to be like Salome and to surrender that at the cross? Even though you've had a rebuke from Jesus himself. You'll be one of those who's standing right up at the foot of the cross.
0: Back in South Africa, which is a a much more um, aggressive culture, (laughs) um, I would say, if you've got a problem, I've got seven words for you. Get over it. And of course, someone would pipe up, but that's three words get over it again. (laughs) Um, But but we need to get to that place where we are able to say, Jesus, help me to deal with this. Help me to deal with it. And then we've got Mary Magdalene. What do we know about Mary? Well, we know that she had a a past. (laughs) She had a past. Uh, Mark... Puts this probably the most succinctly in, in one verse. He says, After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, comma, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. Any fans of The Chosen? Anyone watch The Chosen? It's great. If you have not downloaded the app, and watch the chosen, do yourself a favor. Um, episode one, all about Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene, the woman
1: who who had a life of difficulty, a life of pain.
0: but when she met jesus he Completely changed her life. All the evil gone. She was a truly transformed person. And she comes to him and gives everything, breaks a jar of perfume. Judas gets upset. Jesus says she's going to be spoken about this act is going to be spoken about You see when we have when we understand how much Jesus has forgiven us how much he has changed us there should be a response of gratitude of love that says I am not shrinking back I'm going to be right there
1: How about you? I
0: I've spoken to so many people over this covid issue people who have now started distancing themselves they would say they're distancing themselves from church but it's it's actually from Jesus uh, because you know it wow it starts slowly doesn't it? Um it it nobody intends to drift. Nobody intends to drift. But it just you miss church one week, two weeks, I'll do it online this week, I'll you know, um wake up a little bit later. And slowly our our passion just kind of
1: begins to wane a bit, doesn't it? If,
0: if that's you, if your your passion for Jesus, if you've noticed that it's begin it's begun to wane, um, think back.
1: Think back to what Jesus has done in your life.
0: Take a moment to to imagine. How different you would be if Jesus had not intervened. For someone here today, you might be thinking, well, he hasn't intervened in my life yet. Um, I've just been dragged to church, <laughs> so I, I'm not one of these believers yet. Well, listen, today you could experience what the rest of us are also happy about. Jesus could transform your life today.
1: Mary Magdalene then we 've got Mary the uh, wife of Clopas,
0: the um, Jewish people of the day they they spoke Hebrew but but also aramaic um, Jesus a number of the things that that he mentioned that he spoke he, he mentioned them in this language called aramaic it 's kind of a, a mixture um, of, of Hebrew and I don't know what else it was. Uh, but because of these different languages, names could sometimes be written slightly differently. So uh, in one gospel, it could be recorded as Clopas in another, Cleopas, same name, same person, just slightly different accent, different spelling. Um, so in Luke we read in chapter 24 of two of the disciples who, they were so upset that that Jesus had been crucified, and they just, you know, it it was on Easter Saturday, um, or easy to remember, it was a sadder day. So on this sadder day, they're just walking back home, and they depressed and Jesus pitches up and he's walking with them. Luke records it like this. He says, That same day, Jesus, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked, discussing these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and he walked with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened there the last few days. So, after the crucifixion, everyone's hopes are dashed. Jesus The Messiah is dead. Now the disciples, those who were following him, they kind of pick up the pieces. We're heading off home. And on the road to Emmaus, we find how many disciples? Two. One of them Cleopas. Interesting that his name is mentioned. Why? Because we are meant to know it. Because we've just read about his wife. Where was she? Was she going home with him? No. She was too distraught. She was too depressed. She couldn't even get up and go home with her
1: husband. She stayed in Jerusalem. We don't read this, but if we really get into the story, she was an emotional wreck.
0: To use our current terminology, she, she would need trauma counseling. She she was she
1: was in a bad state. Her heart had
0: been broken. So much so That the man who she committed her life to, her husband, the one who should be able to cheer her up again, she doesn't even want to go home with him. Staying
1: behind because her heart was broken. How about you? Does your heart break for the things that breaks God's heart? Are you like Cloppus' wife,
0: who was so distraught? I mean, she was not crucified, but she was upset because of what happened to Jesus.
1: Now, I don't know if I can explain this
0: clearly enough. Um, the challenge is that you and I need to think, think about things through the perspective, the understanding of, of what Jesus thinks about life. Let me give you an example. Why, why do we tell people about Jesus? The, the answer that I would have you know, 10, 20 years ago that I would have given to that question, why do I tell people about Jesus? I would have said, well, because they're dying and they're going to hell. They need Jesus. And, yeah, that's, that's true, but it's only half the answer. In fact, it's not even half the answer. What I've begun to realize and uh, oh, let me just tell you the story of how I, I realized this, how I got this revelation. The, the uh, Moravian church, have you heard of the great Moravian mission movement? It started off after a hundred year prayer meeting, prayer meeting that lasted 100 years. And there were two young men who heard of a group of slaves in the Caribbean somewhere. And they... They were devastated because they heard that the, the farmer for which these, who owned these slaves, he would not allow them to hear the gospel. He wouldn't allow any ministers, any preachers to come and preach to his slaves because he says the minute they become Christians, they're of no use to anyone. I want to keep the gospel away from them. And so the only way that these two Moravians could get to those slaves to share with them the message of Jesus was if they sold themselves as slaves, which they did. They sold themselves to this slave owner, and they used the money that they got to purchase passage on a ship to go across. And so here they are at the port. they on the ship. They're about to set sail to become slaves. They are never going to see their family again. The one man was married, the other single. They're standing on the ship. And as the ship pulls out of the harbor, they shout across the waters. And what they shouted became the rallying cry of the Moravian church. They said, And now, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward
1: of his suffering. Wow.
0: And now, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Why were they going to tell those slaves about Jesus? Because they needed to hear the message, because their lives were messed up? Yes. But more importantly... Jesus' death on the cross was so significant and he deserves their worship. And so they're doing it for the lamb that was slain. That's a very different motive. That is when our hearts break for what breaks God's heart.
1: And so the wife of Clopas, her heart was broken. Why? Because the man who she knew was the Savior, she'd watched him die. And then we have the disciple who
0: Jesus loved. Are are we still doing okay? The disciple whom Jesus loved. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away, is what Mark wrote. Let's look at that. All of his disciples deserted him. And ran away. How many disciples did Jesus have? Yes, that's right, 72. In fact, there were hundreds. But out of the hundreds that followed him around, there were 72 who he sent out. And out of the 72, there were the original 12. And out of the original 12, there was a special group. Three that were very close to him, Peter, James, and John. All of them, according to Mark, all of his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and he ran away naked. And most people believe that that was actually Mark himself. That's why he knew about it and why he wrote it, but he was too embarrassed to put his name in. That's the attitude that everyone had. I I, I don't want to be associated with him because if I'm associated with Jesus, I'm going to end up on a cross. And so when it came to that moment,
1: everyone fled. But John remained. I don't care what they do to me, because my bond with this man is above everything else, said John.
0: That's stopped again. I might need you to forward that for me if you can. There we go. How about you? Um, do we? Oh, not do we. Are we? Are we willing to to take the punches, to take the abuse? I mean, we are living in such a politically correct society right now. Um, and And the time is coming when the things that we say, we've got to edit them before we put it out there, because, you know, um,
1: where are we going to be? Oh yeah, I'm
0: a Christian. I, I follow him. Or am I willing to say, here I am? I don't care what you do or abuse or say. It's me and Jesus. And then we have Mary, the mother of Jesus. Jesus. Near the cross stood his mother. His mother says, etc., etc. But look at this. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he says to her, woman. Does that strike you as strange at all? Mums, you've just had this amazing celebration, Mother's Day. How would you have liked to have received a card from your child that says, woman. There's only twice, two occasions in the recorded scriptures of Mary being called woman.
1: Anyone remember the first?
0: It was this, they were at a wedding and Mary comes to Jesus and says, they've run out of wine. Now, listen, there is a massive sermon to preach on that. I'm I'm gonna do my best to not get sidetracked. What I will say is when you study this passage for yourself, don't ask the question about you know the wine, but focus on the water. And and more specifically what the water was in, what containers, because there's a massive lesson right there. I don't have time to get into it right now, but but let's just say from the start of Jesus' ministry he was saying, religion, out with that. It's about relationship with God. I've, I've come to show you how to, how to love God. Um, and it's not about the wine. It's about the, the, the um, ritual water that was being kept. And Jesus turned that water into wine. Uh, just mind-blowing. But then he said to her, woman, my time hasn't come yet.
1: Mary, I am
0: sure, when she heard Jesus from the cross refer to her as woman, her mind would have immediately jumped back to, ah, he called me that once before. And then he said, my time has not yet come. This is his time. This is why he was mine for a very short time and at that moment i think all the the promises of god all the words that that were spoken by the angel gabriel all the the prophecies what simeon said when she went to went into the temple all of that would have suddenly come rushing back because she realized this is it this is his time and what i find Oh, it's so encouraging about Mary. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. If anyone loved, if there was a human being that loved Jesus more than Mary, I I don't think there was. She was his human mother. And here, here was her son beaten up, mocked, naked, on a cross. I'm not sure about you, but me, I would have been an emotional heap on the ground. Have you been in that kind of situation where it's just there is nothing more that I can do? God cannot break through. I, I'm in such a bad situation. I've had this diagnosis, I've lost my job, I'm, this and that, everything. I, I just, there are those times. When I can't even, never mind stand, I can't even sit. In fact, I just slump.
1: Mary, she stood. What strength? Who says
0: females are the weaker sex? (laughs) Cannot be. Cannot be. Mary
1: stood. She stood.
0: This was the moment that she knew. Simeon's prophecy, a sword will pierce your very soul. It was happening to her right then. How about you? Are you able to, at that moment when everything is going wrong, you know, Isaiah the prophet, he, he said, you're going you're gonna to walk, you're going to hear the, the voice of God behind you, telling you which way to go, and to the left or to the right. And wherever you go, God's going to be with you. That's what Isaiah wrote. But you know what Job wrote? Job said, if I look to the north or to the south, God's not there. If I look to the west or to the east, where is God? I, I felt like that. Am I alone? <laughs> No, we've all felt like that. And just by the way, those two passages, Isaiah and Job, they're not contradicting each other. It's just Job was writing about what's going to happen when we come through our wilderness experience. Job was actually in the thick of it. See, when we come through it, that's when we hear the voice of God behind us telling us which way to go and to the left and to the right. And God's just everywhere because we've, we've come through this. I used to think that God allowed me to go through wilderness experiences in order to teach me a lesson. And, and so it, it's kind of like my prayers would be, God, just teach me. Can, can you make it easy? I, 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 I learn stuff. Just, just teach me the lesson. But no, it's not about teaching us a lesson. It's about drawing us closer to himself. That's why we go through hard times. But in order to make it through, you and I need to, like Mary, hold on to the promises of God. To not forget them. When it seems as if there is just no way that God can break through right now, he will make a way. Even if we don't know how he's going to do it. And then, of course, the last person to talk about is Jesus himself. And he says to her, woman, here is your son. And he turns to his cousin and he says, this is your mother from now on.
1: At this exact moment,
0: Jesus could have been tempted to let me not use the word tempted he he would have been forgiven if he had focused on the bigger picture you know we we have history tells us and introduces us to some people who are more concerned about their own interests than the interests of others. We could add a few pictures on there i 'm sure. P-p-p-p-p-p-p. People who are more concerned about getting their own way. Is Putin concerned about the foot soldier who is, who is now maimed? Can't walk anymore? Perhaps deaf, blind? Is Putin concerned about the mothers that are grieving their children that have died? No, he's, he's not concerned about the individual. He's concerned about his own needs. I, I just need to remain in power. Jesus is not like that. You see, salvation, salvation of the world, just by the way, way bigger than any kind of human dictator who's just trying to extend their borders a little bit. Jesus was concerned about the salvation of the entire world. That was his primary goal. But it was not his only thought. At the very moment when when he is changing from being the son of Mary to being the savior of the world, he is concerned about the individual. Wow. While carrying the sins of the world, he was still caring for the needs of the individual. Do you know what that means? That means that for you and I, we can never be tempted to think Jesus is too busy to be concerned about my needs. Jesus is never
1: too busy to care for you and for me. He has always got time. And so we, we need to be running towards the cross, not away from it. I want to finish with, with this uh, meme i 've messed up don 't tell my dad i 've messed up. I need to talk to my dad doesn 't that just kind of depict the difference between religion and Christianity?
0: A, a religious legalistic mindset says i 've messed up I, I need to hide from God like adam and eve don 't tell don 't tell my pastor <laughs> I, don't tell don 't tell, da- tell anyone, but when we have a loving relationship
1: with jesus it 's a matter of i 've messed up, I need to talk to my father don't run away, run too so
0: yeah let's before I give Paul the mic back let's let 's just spend a bit of time praying together, because maybe maybe you sitting here and uh, you came into church as as one of this group, you know, standing at a distance from the cross. But you know that this, this should not be where you are. You need to be at the feet of Jesus. Won't you make that decision today? This is between you and Jesus. It's not between you and me. And so I'm not going to do one of those things with, you know, can you put your hand up and I'll see and tell you you can take it. I not, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I, this decision of I'm coming towards the cross, I'm not running away. This is, it's so personal. This is something you do in the depths of your heart. God, would you pour out your spirit in this place right now? We know that we serve an enemy who who loves to, to bring guilt into our lives, which makes us want to shrink back from the mercy, the mercy that is to be found at the cross. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would pour out grace instead of guilt and that you would convict us of righteousness that you would place within us a passion to want to run towards you to not shrink back just in the quietness of your heart you tell Jesus what's going on inside of you Şiketarababa batata şiketbeye Şura baba kha şiketende iyi batata tanda rababa Jesus Jesus I pray for each one of us that you would give us an insatiable desire Be in your presence, not to shrink back and to observe, to run towards you.